I am Thrabulator! I am a creature of pure headache! Yeah, my head! Your names, that's all I want! This is insane, you guys. Yo, this is sexy, man. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the internet, it's Tuesday night, and this is the PanelsOnPages.com podcast with your host, Lee Rodriguez. At the end of the day, babies are terrible people, and I'm not sorry for saying it. Jason Nyes. Motherfucker, I won best costume! Jose Guzman. Yeah, I know nothing about Firestorm, except for his hat's always burning. And Kelly Harris. Oh, I love it appears we got a penis in the mail. (laughs) I glued my fucking eyes shut! (laughs) I just want to see all Uh these Yelp reviews of Jose's jizz. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I knocked over the salt. Like you had anything better to do. Oh, what the hell is going on, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September the 8th. This is episode number 309 of the all-new, all-different panels on pages.com podcast flagship title of your podcast network. Find those shows at pcn.panelsonpages.com. I'm your host, the right reverend, Lord Lee Rodriguez, and joining us on the line tonight, we got Mr. Jason Nyes. Lord, bear me strength. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mr. Kelly Harris. Nikki Bella's lucky to have a dad like John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not joining us tonight, um, the Brown Bomber himself, Jose Guzman, who is, um, as we speak, preparing... To fly over the most Pacific of oceans. Let's uh, not call him the Brown Bomber before he's going to take a plane trip. <laughs> would, would he? You are you? <laughs> no, I think he flies over the Atlantic. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's flying to uh, Frankfurt, Germany first. Oh, well, in that case, yes, yes. Because somewhere in my mind, there was a nonstop flight from the U.S. to India. <laughs> Yes, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Jose has an 8 o'clock flight to Frankfurt, Germany. He gets in Frankfurt sometime uh, late Thursday, I believe, and then goes from Frankfurt to Mumbai, and then Mumbai Mumbai to Hyderabad, India, getting in sometime Friday morning, their time. I just hope he's shooting lots of awesome travel logs. We'll see. This shit is epic. Uh, so yeah. Um, so everyone, please send your good vibes. Absolutely to both uh, Jose and Nice. <laughs> I'm not sure who will need them more. Yeah, at this you point. know, I could use them. I could use them. I think we'll all feel better once we know he's there. Yes. And okay and safe. Yes. Yeah. Jose and his expensive top. Once we know that everybody's there and safe, it'll be okay. <laughs> I'm. We're, I'm talking to Jose, and we're just trying to get all of our ducks in a row and. You know, uh, looking up purchasing voltage adapters and shit like that, and, and oh, cur- yeah. currency exchange and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, the the currency in India is the rupee, and they say to get rupees in increments of ten, ten, ten dollar rupees or, or ten rupees, a ten rupee bill. And then I look into it. And I'm like, oh, what's the exchange rate? Of ten rupees. Oh, oh, it's fifteen cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jose God. and Jose says, 
oh sweet i'm gonna be a king there (laughs) (laughs) i'm rich i'm rich i'm like oh god (laughs) to come back with the young boys as ward (laughs) he might not for 27 (laughs) dollars oh my god See what the hell? What the hell else is going on? Let's see here. Um, uh, today was my first day back at work after um, what I guess would technically be a five-day weekend. That's a dumb thing to say. Uh, it's because we had the, the the Labor Day holiday, which I'm still to this day not a hundred percent sure what the fuck that's for. I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but last week the the, the county was closed for school. Uh, schools are closed for the the horse show, the big horse show that comes through town every year. We uh, talked yes. about it before on yes, the show. Yes, the, the the horse show. Yes, <laughs> the horse show. They shut so that down was this the week. entire city the, for the horse show. Whole fucking city. And so uh, Zoe was out of town visiting her grandparents in Illinois. So we were Zoe free all week, and we we're able to finagle a couple of days utterly kid free. So we dropped Jacks off at daycare uh, early Thursday morning, and then see his little last again until late Friday. Which meant Thursday and Friday were awesome. Was, <laughs> I told Nicole, like, you know, this it was like a glimpse into what our lives could have been. And I'm still not sure if it was better or not. <laughs> and she says, Yeah, I kind of agree. But I'm kind of joking when I say I agree. When you say it, I'm not sure if you're serious or not. I'm like, neither am I. <laughs> I'm the same. You don't know what it's like to not have kids. Until you've had kids for a long time. That's all I'm saying. And also, maybe we need more frequent breaks. That could be a big thing, too. When they come as infrequent as we get ours, shit gets, tends to go a little nuts. So, yeah, we went out, we, we shot, we shot, we shot guns, which was cool. And we got good foods. And we went to the Hustler store, and that shit was like pervert Best Buy. It's awesome. <laughs> you've never been, you gotta go. Good times. Um, on the trip to drop Zoe like halfway, we checked out this big ass flea market in like northern Kentucky. I think is where it is. No, I guess maybe like mid, like central Kentucky. And we've passed by it a million times during this drive. And it's this massive building and it's huge letters painted outside. It says "World's Most Awesome Flea Market." <laughs> and like we had nothing else we had to do, so I'm like, "Fuck it, you want to check this place out?" She said, "Yes." And so we checked this shit out. And I gotta say. I've not been to a lot of flea markets, mind you, but this may be, in fact, the most awesome flea market. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, like, and it's the kind of thing that I normally associate with a flea market, like, you know, people selling, like, peddling their wares and shit, you know, lots of resale stuff, lots of, you know, placing, doing lots of, you know, hey, here's a bunch of old movies and shit like that, you know, but hey, also, here's these things I carved out of wood myself, and here's this, you know, furniture made out of solid oak and shit, you know, and, and you know, so, like, it's like quality Etsy, stuff. It's like Etsy and Craigslist in a real place. It's yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Could you buy any uh, animals? Did not buy any animals. I did buy a sweet ass Hellboy figure though. Yeah, like an animated uh, Hellboy. Yeah, it was very very cool. I was looking. This guy had the same guy had a shitload of Transformers, but like, you know, included the kind of guy that just buys collections. You know, so. You know, most of the everyone that I would have wanted was missing some piece that was crucial enough to make it not worth trying to track down that piece online. Correct. Ugh. So that was kind of disappointing. I'm like, they had a they had a robot in disguise, Megatron, the one that turns into like six different things. 
And I'm like, oh shit, I have to have this. It's only twenty dollars. But it's missing like you know, the fins on the side of his head and shit like that. Not like just weapons, but stuff that makes it look like the thing it's supposed to look like. You know, <laughs> so you really couldn't mess that. So that kind of sucks. So we had this awesome flea market experience. You know, it was, it was fun. You know, fucking dirt mall shit. It was fun. And so I said, you know, my buddy Kenny told me that there's a, a flea market like you know half an hour from where we live in this town called Manchester. So fucking maybe we'll go. We got nothing else to do. You know, it's, you know, uh, Friday. Well, you know, we were kid free. Whatever. We'll go. We'll spend the day out Thursday and fucking Friday. We'll check out the dirt mall. So we make the drive out. And it's about like I said, a 30, 40 minute drive. And it is open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, I'm going to assume that Saturday and Sunday are more busy because I would say only 20% of the booths in this flea market were even open when we were there on a Friday. And this place was basically just full of garbage that hadn't been thrown away yet. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a staging area for a landfill and nobody told anybody. (laughs) This was where you found amazing pieces like a uh, like a Space Jam wall clock. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and perhaps my favorite thing I saw all weekend, including the awesome flea market, was a full-size adult Gumby costume for $12. Oh, I'm Gumby, goddammit. Uh, $12? $12 <laughs> for a full-size adult Gumby costume. <laughs> I think I would have bought that. I thought if I didn't have the distinct feeling that somebody got fucked in it, I probably would have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> yeah. It just had that. It had a slightly fucky feeling to it. I don't know what that means exactly, but you you know when you see it. Yeah. You. It was cool, though. Um, Why wouldn't you things- fuck in a Gumby costume? Where there's a will, there's a His way. His sidekick is named Pokey. Come on. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> and the fish is called goo. Oh, I forgot about the fish. You're the oh, same. Oh. And fuck the, di- and the dinosaurs, prickle. You get it. You prickle this goo and pokey your gumby. <laughs> wow, I suddenly think gumby might have been filthy. Yep. Just saying. Um, uh, let's see. What else? Real quick, I've been playing Mass Effect Two because I bought it a couple months back on this crazy sale, and Mass Effect Two. Feels like a dare. Like <laughs> like someone said, hey, let's make the longest game in the world where you shoot things. Let's strive to make the story just interesting enough that you forget about how mind-numbingly monotonous the gameplay is. I fucking dare you. And they said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's where Mass seven. Effect 2 came from. It is not bad, but shit, is it the same thing over and over and over again. It's it's rough in that way, if nothing else. Uh, and then the uh, last thing I want to talk about is Fear of the Walking Dead. Have you guys saw? We haven't talked about it really yet. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Nope. Yes, I have. I don't believe there was a new one this week. No, which is okay, weird so. because you know they did two weeks and then they took a week off and did a marathon Sunday afternoon. Two episodes <laughs> does not make a marathon. No. But I mean, a lot of a lot of things take that time off because of the holiday. I guess I don't know. Yeah, there is no Rick and Morty this week. Yeah, which broke my fucking heart. Yeah, that bummed me out. Yeah. But I think I think I think Nicole and I are tapping out after two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Because, like, 
prequels are kind of like there's there's a trap that comes with prequels anyway. Like like it's hard watching the Clone Wars because you know Anakin kills all these kids. <laughs> like that's where the story the story ends with Anakin murdering a bunch of children. Like that's that's where that story yeah, goes. Mary was just watching an episode of Clone Wars this this evening, which was they were trying to find a bunch of Force-sensitive kids because I think they were on some sort of list that Cad Bane was going to go assassinate them all. And, you know, Anakin was part of the team to go and save these kids. And Mary's just like, yeah, that's nice and all, but he ends up murdering them. Yeah, that, that was just delaying the inevitable. What a waste was of time. Was that the name of the episode title? Was it delaying the inevitable? <laughs> But you know, but but prequels work because you want to see, hey, what happened to these characters before we met them the first time. Fear the Walking Dead doesn't have anybody you know, so instead of just watching the show catch up to what you already know to be, which wouldn't be terribly bad by itself, if all the characters didn't speak in like really vaguely threatening tones, <laughs> like they know. That this chick's boyfriend has been bitten and is going to turn into a zombie. They don't necessarily know what a zombie is, but they know what's about to happen to him. And so when she le- the the girlfriend the chick goes to leave, her junkie brother. Well, that's another thing too. It's like what would make walk. I know what would make Walking Dead better. How about a junkie? Like great. <laughs> we'll throw a junkie in there just just to spice things up. But junkie's detoxing. His sister's leaving, and he just goes, "No, you don't know what'll happen." And it's like, and she's like, "Oh, it'll be fine. I'll go." Wherein, if he said, if you go, he'll try to fucking eat you. <laughs> she might have said, oh, shit, really? That's, what, that's what's happening? Because, like, there are a handful of people in the show that know what's going on. You know? Just like the one, the one kid's son is, like, you know, at this protest where, you know, looks like the police has gunned down an unarmed person, which is not outside the realm of reason, reasonality at this point. Uh but the dad goes and is like, oh, we just got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And while the kid's like, they shot the guy. He wasn't doing nothing. Instead of being like, no, no, he was going to murder and eat them. It's like, <laughs> you got to trust her. We got to go. Like, if one person would be up front, the show would be over. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, it would jump from Fear of the Walking Dead season one to like, you know, Walking Dead season two pretty quick. Like, if they just fucking one person talk like a person would, it'd be great. But instead, it's just plotting and dull as Fuck. <laughs> and you fucking you got me like you know I, I i sat through two and a half three seasons of walking dead before shit got good there were moments of greatness amid just like you know look, i'm not gonna watch these fuckers search the barn again like you know like you know i'm not i'm not doing it i'm not i'm not doing it no thanks which sucks because i really like uh the woman who plays the lead, she played uh, Claudette in uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. She so, was in uh, Deadwood, too. Yeah, I was excited to see her. That's great, but no, no. No, I'm not, no, not no, no, no. More fucking, <laughs> more fucking walking down, not doing it. Who was Claudette? I don't remember that character. Uh, the, uh, the, the lady that were in the brothel that Nero and uh, Jack fought. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was a fucking hooker in Deadwood, too. <laughs> so maybe you knew need to watch Fear of the Walking Dead to see if some shady shit from her past comes out. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't be bothered. I can't do it. I'm done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
It took a while before the Sockham syndrome set in on Walking Dead, and I don't have that kind of time anymore. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. What you got going on, nice? Oh uh, shit. Well, I've been watching a lot of. I, I'm I'm on my fourth rewatch of The Office on Netflix, just because I needed something to watch and I needed a little pick me up, and I fucking love that show. But I didn't start it from the beginning. I started it from the beginning of season three. Okay. So I've been watching some Office and, you know, catching little lines here and there that'll just make me laugh out loud that might not have done it the first time and kind of uh, quoting along with the show because it's great. It's good uh, stuff. Uh, they put season four of Once Upon a Time on Netflix, which <laughs> Mary and I, uh, we had to stop like halfway through because Hulu pulled a bunch of episodes. So we finally got started again on Once Upon a Time. To talk about a show that is just plodding, just <laughs> plodding along. I we watched an episode tonight, and when the episode was done, and and things were like getting going. It's it's they're starting a whole storyline with Cruella, Cruella Deville, Maleficent, and Ursula, and they had the the um, the dragon the 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 devil monster from Fantasia is in it, and the CGI is pretty cool and all that and. At the end of the episode, I I look over to Mary and I say, I can't watch another episode of this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's just not doing it for me. And I completely forgot about stupid fucking Belle. And just out of nowhere, there's her stupid face on my screen with her stupid Australian accent. And boy, oh boy, she looks like she's aged 30 years since the last time we were watching episodes of this show. So she's <laughs> ragged looking. Her character's terrible. She's old. She's got a stupid Australian accent. And I said it on Twitter. And and Lee, you you favorited it. You you were you said it was poetry. And on Once Upon a Time, the recurring trope is there's always some sort of fucking curse that is coming down on Storybrooke. And I just wish one of these curses, the way to you know, get rid of the curse would be to hit Bell with a car. Please. <laughs> for the sake of everything that is holy. Jesus. And she uh, looks familiar. She was Claire on Lost. There it is. The pregnant chick. That's it. We still we've only watched a handful of episodes. We never we never got super duper into it. I yeah, was we'll- into it the first season, but We've got about this, the whole Frozen storyline really ground the whole thing to a halt for me. And now we're on to the storyline with the three villains. And I just, yeah, they did not waste any time before they were like, you know what? Frozen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just, I just don't know if I have the attention span for it anymore. And we've got something like 13 more episodes to go of this season and they're starting a new season up in a week or two. I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, time is is a precious commodity, and you know, and there's such good shit out now. Like, I don't really don't have a whole lot of patience for like you know mediocrity. Agreed. Like you know, like I'll not be watching the blacklist when it comes back because that shit got boring as fuck. I can't do it. Now, um, this isn't really have to anything. Oh, and I watched after we talked last one, uh, podcast. 
we were talking about your rewatch of Man of Steel. After the podcast last week, I had to sit down and watch Man of Steel. And I tell you what, you guys, I love that movie. <laughs> love it? Like, not like I love it. Love it. Like I, like, I didn't originally love it, but, like, now I love it. I no. love that movie. I think part of it, part of my love for that movie is Henry Cavill. Because he's really good, I feel. He is. As Superman, as Clark, and his voice is just so lovely, and he's very attractive, and he he really holds that movie together for me. Yeah, he is. He is good. Yeah, if you want to look at Henry Cavill a whole bunch, go see The Man from Uncle. Oh, I, I saw he's that. in that. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that... that on Saturday, and it's great. That's still in theaters. I am surprised. <laughs> I was too. I think Justin and I saw it in the last theater in our area that's showing it, and it's it's really good. And it made me sad that it's doing so bad. I love Guy because, Ritchie. Like, go on. I love Guy Ritchie, and that's a Guy Ritchie yeah. movie. Yeah, he was like, he, it was a great movie. I, even the editing was really awesome to me. Like it was, if not for Mad Max. It might be my favorite movie of the year so far. No shit. Wow. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Huh. All right. It's too bad. So, yeah, watch Man of Steel. And then last little thing I want to mention. It's not part of my news because it's not really news. But you guys have seen this mask that they put on Diggle for Arrow Season 4, right? Yeah, Magneto oh, costume that holy, he got at Party City. Holy Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I saw more pictures of it today. I, and this, the original picture that they sent out, I swear to God, it just looked like they photoshopped a helmet on top of him. It didn't look That's like what I thought, too. he was actually wearing a helmet. And then they released more pictures today, and it looks like he's actually wearing the helmet. So it, it, in reality, it looks that fucking stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough, man, because, like, in general, that show does really, really good. Like, the costume designs are really good. But not here. Not here at all. <laughs> What's he supposed to be? <laughs> he's not a canon character, so, I don't know. He's supposed to be a guy with a helmet? Does he have powers? Like, I don't watch Arrow. Does don't he have think, no, not at all. I think he has powers. He's just, he's like a special forces guy, right? Yeah, and he, he's been with Oliver since the very beginning, right? But as like his and, his manservant. But it, but like you know, he he started off being his bodyguard, but, uh, but Oliver would ditch him pretty much, you know, on the reg. And he eventually brought you know very early on brought him into like his crusade against crime and shit like that, whatever. But you know, he's a great character, like a really really good character, and like they have a good chemistry dynamics, and like and he sort of, you know, the past couple seasons, you know, found himself out in the field more often and he was on the arrow version of suicide squad wasn't he yes yes and he's great the guy the guy that plays him is awesome like and i really like the character he's wonderful so i you know was excited that they're kind of you know they're kind of doing him right let's do something for him give give him an outfit (laughs) and then was this outfit (laughs) and i don't know even in the picture that they showed because i'm gonna put in the chat here in case people haven't seen it like the only image that i've really seen are these these these, like you know the two side by sides here one with him and you know like like his you know like special force duds or whatever and then one in this weird helmet 
even in that image, it looks like it's not really there. Right. Like the shadow that it casts is really unnatural. It looks it looks like a oh, Photoshop so drop shadow. And like it's not even really like, it feels like the helmet isn't pointing the same direction as his face. <laughs> no. And it it seems like it would really impair his vision. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, so does the hood. Like I walked around like, with a hood up on a hoodie at one point this in the the fall last year and couldn't see shit at the left or right. I'm like, you can't fire an arrow in this shit. No way. Ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I I'm still not convinced she's wearing this helmet in this photo. And for whatever reason, it accentuates his lips, and it feels very blackface to me. I don't. <laughs> necessarily feel like they're even his lips because they're not that big in the photo next to it. Maybe, but maybe it's it's the helmet is like smushing everything together, <laughs> and it, it, very it makes him like cross-eyed. His, like his neck is doing this weird, like you know, Greedo shoot first thing. Oh yeah, and it's got a chin strap too, which I'm sure will look great. I just, just got to hope that, you know, it's a shitty picture <laughs> and maybe it'll look better in action just call, because so just, much of what they do on that show looks really great in action. Just call him Black Nito already. Get it over with. <laughs> it looks very Black Nito. <laughs> yeah. So ho- hopefully, hopefully it'll come around. It's the way lower, t- uh, lower tier porn parody of the X-Men. <laughs> Yeah, way lower. Yeah, <laughs> again, way- as we said before, those costumes typically are really, really great. Yeah. This is like the fan website one where it's not an actual like studio and you just have to give them five dollars a year to go on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those. Where you see like uh Zatanna uh smoking a cigarette while blowing a suction cup dildo that's attached to a mirror. That's the one. Yeah. Or like uh Jean Grey getting attacked and then vibrated from behind in a apartment hallway. Very much. Very much that <laughs> <attack> stuff. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I just hope for David Ramsey's sake that he doesn't look this stupid running around in this fucking thing. <laughs> it's coming back real soon, you guys. I'm pretty excited about it. Excited. What do you got going on, Kelly? Uh, well, over the past three days or so, I've undertaken a project. Oh, Kelly's uh, the undertaker you... now, guys. <laughs> are you guys aware of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500? Yes. Yes. So that came out last week, and like always, everyone gets real upset about the ratings, about where people were ranked and stuff. So I decided. To do my own. I only got to 300. Because I only decided to base it off of wrestlers that I've seen wrestle in the past calendar year. I mean, that's only fair. That's a lot, yeah. though, dude. Yeah, I, I got to three. I had 308, but I figure 300 is a good cutoff. So that took a lot of time. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's, a, it's a lot more time consuming to rank 300 people than you'd think. Did you I have... think it'd be pretty fucking time consuming. <laughs> Was it just off of 
you're just putting them in order, or was there like a scoring system, or you're just going I'm through? I'm mainly based off of match quality. Okay. Just how good their matches are. And so it's totally subjective because of that. But really, I'm doing, like, it's going up on the site tomorrow. And really, more than anything, it's being done to prove anyone can make a list. Why is this one so important when PWI is pretty much irrelevant in 51 weeks out of the year? <laughs> and, like, and it's all pretend shit anyway. And the weird thing about the PWI list is it's partially kayfabe. How so is it like, partially? Because part of it is based off of their performance, but part of it is also based on their accomplishments over the year. Yeah, like title wins. In case of like, like yeah. Okay. So like that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. <laughs> so it's like, I I got rid of that and just went with I I except for like you know tiebreakers if people are pretty even then I would kind of go in my head like all right who's better at promos and stuff like that but mostly it was based on match quality. And that took up most of my Sunday night, Monday afternoon, and afternoon today. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> it it was it was just, it was an exercise, and it was it was fun. I don't know if I'll do it again next year, but I might. <laughs> I don't. I, in fact, I was going to say I don't think, but I know for a fact. Gun to my head, I could not name three hundred wrestlers that wrestled <laughs> the past year. <laughs> Yeah, I got wrestlers from WWE, NXT, Evolve, uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Dragon Gate, Chikara, uh, All Japan, DDT, Big Japan, and Lucha Underground. That's the stuff that I've watched this year. <laughs> yeah, no fucking way. So I'm assuming no G-Force on that list. You know, if I had seen him wrestle this year, I, I would have ranked him. I, it's good. He, I've seen him getting back into it lately, which is good. I was yeah, worried I'm see, I'm he had more, hung up the cow. his name out there. Yeah. Never enough G-Force. No. No, I, I want G-Force to join the Force. So excited. Jeff Jarrett. So excited to see G-Force wrestle for the first time the night before my wedding and they had a big royal rumble he comes out and immediately gets thrown over the top rope <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those sayings where you figure you know like you like hey i got a bunch of people here can i maybe hang out for a little while <laughs> can i get a spot maybe come on oh shit well he was still he was still a young boy back then though wasn't he yeah a, a young yeah, boy probably but yeah, that, that's what I've been up to for the past couple of days. So the list will drop tomorrow morning. Look for it, and then uh, if you feel upset about it, let me know. Because I'm sure some people will be. If you feel upset about it, let us know, because what is, what, what is with your priorities? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll find out. All right, so uh, let's see. We got a little bit of mail. Look at all this fan mail. Been a hot minute, but we got ourselves a voicemail. Whoa! I know, right? Our good buddy Mahoney calls in to our voicemail on 616-951-1-POP. Do you have you that, or have... do I need to pull that up? You should probably pull that. I just oh, okay. I sent you a thing in the chat a minute ago. I forgot. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. 
This is damn good radio, kids. I do apologize. <laughs> Uh, whoopsies. <laughs> oh, I see. I see an instant message in the chat right now. Been a while. My apologies. Google Voice. Let's see here. What do we got? Got to change the account. Come on, man. I'm excited to hear what Google Voice thinks he's saying. <laughs> oh, I I don't I don't listen to the the mail, but I definitely do read the translations, and there's no fucking telling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, population, it's Mahoney. I had to take a break from mowing my lawn, turn off the lawnmower, take off all my lawn mowing stuff, get my phone out of my pocket, turn off my music, because I just heard that Vetter never sent his beard to Mary as part of his sacro punishment. I was the Sacro Commissioner for the Pop Fantasy Football League, a job I take extremely seriously. Uh, I am appalled. I am shocked and outraged. I'm, I'm uh, personally offended. Uh, so what I'm going to suggest is that Vetter has, I don't know, uh, two weeks to produce a beard at Nice and Mary's house <laughs> as per his punishment for coming in last, uh, last season. Or I get to pick a player on his team to trade to the Milwaukee Super Kick Party. Okay? Oh. So, let's not mess around with the Sacco Commissioner. Mahoney out. <laughs> uh, whoa. I like this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Super so, kick party approves. <laughs> so it's fucking on now. I mean, since he's supposed to send the beard to Mary, I mean, shouldn't. Shouldn't Mary get a pick of someone off his team? I, I don't know. It just seems hey, weird. Don't like question the Sacco commissioner. commissioner. You've seen what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to fight him. <laughs> and no good can come from that kind of questioning. Oh, no. God, no. Uh, uh, you know, Tito called in last week uh, to talk about the fantasy football draft and uh, actual football doesn't start until Thursday, so I doubt he's going to call in this week. But he did post an image of our Pop Fantasy Football draft report card in the population. uh, What kind of bullshit was that? The other day. And surprise, surprise, Tito's team is at the top with an A+. Brooklyn Dark Knights. And it says Bill Bill Parcells couldn't have done it better. Gino, who auto-drafted, is right beneath him with an A. That's a damn lie. And then me with an A minus at number three, which is great. Uh, Kelly got uh, a B, uh, not a Monet, more like a puzzle of a Monet that's missing a few places. Mary got a C plus on her draft. Barring any major injuries, you should barely miss the playoffs. <laughs> and then all the way at the bottom, Tad with an F. Thanks for playing. See you next year. That's harsh. ESPN fantasy football. That is harsh. Okay, All so I'm this comes say, from this comes from ESPN, like based upon the numbers and shit. Yeah, and the people? Ba- ba- based upon the draft. Yeah, and it's it's graded on a curve. So there's an A plus, an A, an A minus, B plus, so on and so forth, all the way down to F. ESPN does not know what they're talking about. I said it on Facebook. They this this uh, scorecard 
It's the Jim Cornette of our fantasy league now. <laughs> they, they don't know what they're talking about, clearly. They don't know and what of they're course, talking about. Of course they're going to give Gino an, an A. Because he, he did everything they said. He auto-drafted, which was basically drafting the top-ranked player at the time of his draft pick. So sure, sure they're going to give him an A. Well, let's see the draft report card at the end of the season there, ESPN. Yeah. Now, because of ESPN, every time one of my players scores a touchdown, I'm going to tell them to do five unnecessary flips while they do it. <laughs> <laughs> Destroying the business. <laughs> and also, all you fantasy football watchers, you're going to have a good main event this week. Because it's a rematch from the finals. Oh, me taking on Mary. I mean, this is clearly the main event. No one else is watching any other matches besides this one. This is the the Randy Orton and Sheamus of fantasy football. But it's a match people want to see. <laughs> and here's the thing. I've never beaten Mary. I've come close. Oh, it's it's storybook. If I've ever it's heard storybook. it. storybook. I almost tied her once. And then ESPN <laughs> took a point away from me. Damn I've you, Cornette! So I've come so close. Is this week the week I finally do it and get my win? I think it is. I think she's going to feel the super kick. Stay and tuned for next that. week, fans. <laughs> I got just... No dog in this fight. <laughs> like, like, none at all. You you don't like football, Lee, but you do like us shit-talking each other, don't you? That's true. That part yeah. of it is infinitely entertaining. And now I'm here, so you're going to get it every week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I have respect for Mary, more so than anyone else in the league. What? Because of, <laughs> because of how we have been pitted against each other many times hey she buys me groceries i, I respect her a lot <laughs> mary i'm gonna i'm coming for you <laughs> gonna win this time but we're gonna we're gonna shake hands before this match well, good luck Goddamn right. good luck to the both of you but i feel like me and mary are gonna go undefeated this year and and we'll both be in the finals against one another and then I will lay down like Kevin Nash after she <laughs> finger pokes me and allow her to continue her reign as the NWO pop fantasy football champion. <laughs> God. I need entrance music for my promos. <laughs> we have Might as well get that to you for next week. Here, here you go. I came to play. You had that queued up fast. <laughs> Stay tuned. Lie, I actually really like Mrs. Evans music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's one of the better ones. It I was one of the better ones in like 2010. I think yeah. it's been surpassed. It's it's a little rough around the edges these days. I'll take Sasha Banks. Any day. Yeah, hers is great. A lot of the NXT guys have good music. Except for... Except yeah, except for the first few weeks of Samoa Joe. It's gotten better, but it's still not good. The funny thing is, I like his first one better than his current one. Oh, God. 
it, it's closer to what his Ring of Honor music was. Because he used to have the <clears throat> he used to have the Godzilla entrance, right. and then it would turn into Mama said knock you out. Oh, I see it now. I hear. So it. they're yeah, they're kind of going for that. I do enjoy Mama said knock you out. Ugh! Don't call it a comeback. It was pretty awesome seeing Samoa Joe come out to that. <laughs> but. All right, let's, uh, let's take us a break right quick. Be good times. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk the news. Slow news week. news week this week. Yeah, slow news uh, week. Some weird stories, though, man. <laughs> uh, this song is uh, this is the theme song from Until Dawn, and uh, I beat the game and then started over again with some people. And so it's been in my mind. It's fucking very, it's, it's, it's very weird and scary and I like it. So enjoy this. Let me go pee and get a water. Bye. Break!
Ripped Apparel is your one-stop shop for limited edition t-shirts featuring all the crap that you already like anyway. Every day you're going to see three new limited edition designs available only for 24 hours. That's just a single day. After that, they're gone forever. And uh, best yet, if you want to check them out, buy a little something, something they're going to throw a little kickback to us, your folks, your friends here at the podcast. So go to panelsonpages.com, click that banner at the top of the page, or on the sidebar at pcn.panelsonpages.com, or you can just update your bookmark, check it on your phone every single morning. That's what I do. Uh, ripped, that's R-I-P-T dot panelsonpages.com. T-shirts start at just 10 bucks, and they'll kick us a little something every time. Help us keep the lights on. Help us keep the podcast going. Help us keep the side, side up and get you a pretty cool T-shirt, man. Cool swag, cool shirts, good people, good deals from your favorite podcast. So check it out. Ripped.panelsonpages.com. 24-hour limited edition T-shirts that are pretty damn awesome. Check it out. And uh, now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. You know, I said I have the most respect for Mary. <laughs> you know who I don't have respect for? <laughs> Our commissioner. <laughs> putting himself at the top of the list and saying he's the best. And I don't have any respect for those jokers in Garbage Mountain. <laughs> I can't wait until I get the chance to cut through those teams like a hot knife through butter. It's going to be great. <laughs> Garbage Mountain. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I wish I would have been tr- transferred to Garbage Mountain. <laughs> yeah, uh, like we should to... switch up the whatchamacallit? The division the division this year, yeah. They're they're again, the division I'm in is way too stacked. <laughs> <laughs> I just barely made the playoffs last year and my record destroyed everyone in Trash Mountain. <laughs> I believe in you. It, sa- it says something when your finals, both people are from the same division. It really says something. It does. It says there's been some collusion going on. <laughs> it smells like sour grapes, so I'm saying. Less talk and more ass kicking, Kelly. You'll be all right. <laughs> I know. Face kicking. So much ass kicking. Yeah, right. Face kicking, ass kicking, all kinds of kicking. Chin kicking. Chin kicking. Gonna get gonna get some Especially uh, chin kicking. Thumb t- thumbtacks on those boots. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> I, I, I had not seen thumbtacks in a match in a long time until that damn Lucha Underground show. I was like, man. It was rough. There was a match. It was in PWG. It was their guerrilla warfare match, and it's kind of just no. It's kind of just no rules like that Lucha Underground match, and it was Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae versus the Young Bucks. And at one point, one of the Bucks comes out with thumbtacks all on the bottom of his boot, super kicks Candice LeRae in the face, and she was just busted open so bad. And then at another point in that match, they fill up Joy Ryan's mouth with tacks and super kick. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I remember Goat and I were watching some uh, 
Was he on the network? It's probably on, the, on Netflix. They put some UCW shit on Netflix before the network was a thing. And we're watching it, you know, and it's like, and we were so into that show when we were kids or whatever. And at one point, Goat looks over at me and goes, you know, I guess I can see why we're into this as kids or whatever. It's fine, but really, this is just out of shape men hitting each other with garbage. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah, but to balance that out, they also had the the good technical wrestling and the luchadors. Yeah, some really great wrestlers, yeah. But, you know, for every Chris Jericho over Jushin Liger, there was the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> and New Jack. Yeah, New Oh, God, New Jack. And Terry Funk. New Jack. God bless you, New Jack. Let's, uh, let's do the news. Let's. We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fuck it! In five, four, three. This is the Pop Top Six Pack of News for September 8th, 2015. Fucking thing sucks! After Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige broke free of Marvel Entertainment CEO, Ike Perlmutter's hold last week, rumors persist that the Marvel Creative Committee, consisting of Brian Michael Bendis, Dan Buckley, Joe Quesada, and Alan Horn, has also disbanded. But we can assume they'll all reunite for Marvel Creative Committee Part 2, The Age of Perlmutter. <laughs> Netflix's Luke Cage series cast is coming together, with actors filling the roles of Misty Knight, Cottonmouth, and Shades, which, contrary to popular belief, aren't just strains of hydroponic marijuana. <laughs> Steven Spielberg has been quoted recently comparing the eventual downfall of the superhero movie genre to that of the Western, because he obviously didn't see Jonah Hex. <laughs> Marvel has revealed the secret identity of the lead character from their upcoming Totally Awesome Hulk book, and you guessed it. I can't it's the man! Tough for you to get down on your knees. Uh, Mark Bagley and John Romita Jr. got into it over the weekend on a panel at Amazing Houston Comic Con, where both creators made vague comments about the other's wife. This was the worst women in comics panel yet. And finally, Aww. a woman was allegedly sexually assaulted by a man during Dragon Con this past weekend, because of course that happened. Had she only been underage, the guy might have been able to secure a place on the Dragon Con board of directors. And that is the Pop Top Six Pack of News for September 8th, 2015. Wow. Infotainment. I want to say that's fucked up. But history tells us it's really not. Christ almighty. All right, let's get into it. So first off, uh, rumor is that the Marvel Creative Committee, which was essentially the uh, think tank that kind of helped give notes to Kevin Feige and, you know, add little bits here and there, make sure story points and character points all matched up. It consisted of Brian Michael Bendis, Marvel Comics publisher Dan Buckley, Marvel Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada, and, oh, not Alan Horn, uh, president of Marvel Entertainment, Alan Fine. Alan Horn is the Disney studio chief who yes. uh, Kevin Feige now re reports to. Um, 
However, uh, news came out today that apparently they haven't disbanded. They're just going to have nominal influence over the Marvel movies at best. I'm with two minds on this. Like on the one hand, it's like it was really good because you feel like the thing that gave the Marvel movies an edge is that you know these people that know the characters were involved in the process. That's definitely important. On the other hand, you know, Feige has a vision. Yeah, he knows what he wants to do. Like he knows what's going on. He's been doing this shit for ten years now, practically. Like you know, he's, yeah. you know. If you're going to pull the training wheels off, so to speak, this is probably an okay time to do it. I, I think they'll be fine. One of the things I read was that they, the committee had kind of been a sore spot, not necessarily because they were combative, but just, you know, Joe Quesada's really fucking busy. Yeah, so it takes forever. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're trying none, to... None of these guys, like... Their only job isn't this committee thing. They're doing shit. So, right. Like, you know, stuff we get held up for... <laughs> I read sometimes weeks waiting for notes to come yeah. back, you know, and that's that's got to be hard, you know. And uh, apparently, it, it's rumored to be the cause of Edgar Wright to jump off of Ant Man because of uh, nitpicky science that ignored the tone of the script. <clears throat> and then I saw another article that was like, okay, here are the the Marvel Studios movies that the creative committee had a lot of influence over, and here are the Marvel Studios movies that they didn't really have a lot of influence over. And all of the ones that they had influence over are just the best movies. So it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> Iron Man, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, and then the ones that they didn't have influence over, oh, 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 Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah, so but that definitely does, uh, you're right, that does... Put, put a big thing down for the value of the committee, for sure. But your your point about uh, Kevin Feige kind of knowing what he's doing, I agree with that. But I also think that you got to give some credit to the writers and directors for oh, absolutely. knowing their shit. Because, you know, Marvel Creative Committee or not, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy would have been the same movie. Yes, essentially, probably. because yeah. James Gunn that, knows but that kind of you know that's part of the vision. I think like, I think he's he, you know he knows what he's doing enough to hire great people to do the job. Like I I don't get the feeling from anything that I've read that they're necessarily that he's micromanaging anything except for you know the committee probably was or maybe not the committee uh, so, something was a fly in the ornament on Age of Ultron for sure. As far as uh, Joss Whedon's concerned. I the movie was great. A lot of fun. But he does not speak terribly fondly of the production experience. And maybe that's committee stuff. I don't know. Hard to say. Could be. So, I mean, I, you would think at face value, it makes you worry. If if they indeed had a big part in some of the best Marvel Studios movies, and now they're disbanded or they're going to have minimal influence, it worries you that we're not going to have the same quality of Marvel Studios movies. But then on the other hand, still we got Kevin Feige, who's broke free of Marvel Entertainment now. We've got the Russos, who obviously know what they're doing with Winter Soldier, now yeah. doing yep. you know uh, Civil War, and then they're going to be doing Infinity War. So, 
that's a big deal. James Gunn coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy two, and they're they're working on trying to get new diverse directors on all these other movies. I don't remember who's directing, but Chris Yost is writing the script for Doctor Strange, and that bodes incredibly well. Uh, yeah, he's worked on the past couple in the Thor movies. I yeah. Think. Who is yeah, directing sure. Doctor Doctor Strange? I want to say tonight, but tonight is Daredevil. Yes. I do yep. think it's uh, kind Steven of on the, on the topic. I remember reading something today talking about how, like, you know, in, in regards to the committee, like, hey, you know, this, you know, this is. They they pointed to the failure of Avengers: Age of Ultron as <laughs> one of the reasons for disbanding the the committee, and so I had to look. I'm like, that wasn't a failure. What the fuck are you talking about? I looked it up, and no, Age of Ultron made 1.4 billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's not. These what motherfuckers Disney don't expected. know what they're talking about. It's not what Disney expected, so Disney considered it a failure. It made 1.4 billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jurassic World made more. That's the gross national product of many small countries. <laughs> uh, Scott Derrickson is directing Doctor Strange. Uh, another point, though, that I was getting at with the creative committee, you know, thinking about, well, are, are these going to be the same Marvel Studios movies that we've been getting? Uh, getting worried about that. But then again, you know, the, a lot of criticism of Marvel Studios is the movie's seem to be cookie cutter and a lot of the same so maybe this will just fucking blow shit wide open and we'll start and to get more varied definitely you know do lend themselves to a different style too yeah. mm-hmm. you know like like black panther can't be the same kind of movie you know doctor strange really can't be the same kind of movie so it could be a good timing for all that stuff but you know what they just they need to Trust in Feige. They need to trust in their directors and their writers. And why not bring in some some young gun comic talent to consult on some of these movies? Like, why aren't they getting like a Matt Fraction or something like that instead of Brian Michael Bendis, who you know he's been doing this for damn near twenty years, right? Yeah, about yeah. and he's got a lot of other shit to do. I remember Fraction was really hands on with the Iron Man movie, if memory serves, because he was writing the comic at the time. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I feel like that sounds right. I, mean, I feel like the committee was bigger in the beginning for shit like that, yeah. And then it kind of got pared down. When, and maybe that might be just because they were trying to set a tone, and now the tone's kind of set. So it might not be as important to have right. that now as there once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, one name that isn't a part of the Marvel Creative Committee, which I was surprised about because he's on the Creative Committee at Fox, is Mark Miller. And boy, oh boy, remember when the news came out that Mark Miller was going to help Fox create a Fox Marvel Universe, and then this <laughs> Fantastic Four movie came out? <laughs> and again, they're making Fantastic Four too. That's a thing. Uh, you keep saying that. They've, they're have they not definitely making a Fantastic Four movie. What they're, they haven't said is they're not making it. But the rumor, the rumor is that they're going to replace the release date for Fantastic Four 2 with a Deadpool 2. That's probably a better bet. Yeah. Probably. I mean, if you got to hedge your bets on something, it's probably the Deadpool. Because, like, every time I see that Deadpool trailer, I smile and I don't give a fuck about Deadpool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You know, I was flipping through the uh, Just watch HBO. it be terrible. Oh, no. Don't. Don't. No. <laughs> Just, I want it to be good. Like, Dude. I want I, I want that to be good. But, it, yeah, you're probably right. I, I want it to be good, too. <laughs> well, you know, there's so much writing on it, and it looks so promising. It's almost doomed to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, sad. They are... Uh, balls deep in casting for the Netflix Luke Cage show. Yeah, uh, they are. We've got yeah, are. Rosar- Rosario Dawson coming back as Claire Temple. So uh, excited. This dude, Theo Rossi from Sons of Anarchy, is going to be co- uh, playing a character named Shades. Shades and his partner Comanche were Cage's fellow inmates, and upon getting out of jail, Shades donned a special visor that emitted powerful blasts. So we got that guy. We've got uh, Simone Misik as Misty Knight, and she's kind of foxy looking. So a plus on that one. And um, Mahershala Ali as Cottonmouth. Um, Ali was on House of Cards. And Cottonmouth, in case you're wondering, was a pimp. Yes, and a nightclub. When it looks owner. like, close your eyes. Imagine a pimp. That's what Cottonmouth looked like in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of his face kind of looks like a snake face almost. I'm so in, you guys. Oh Reading yeah! Through these castings, have taught me that I don't know shit about uh, <laughs> Luke Cage characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I don't think anybody really does. Well, it was funny a couple weeks ago when Lee, you were out and we had Mahoney on the show. They announced that Alfre Woodard was going to play Black Mariah on Luke Cage. So I threw to Mahoney. I'm like, Mahoney, who is Black Mariah? And Mahoney, the fucking Marvel Comics historian, goes, fuck, fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I love Luke Cage as a character. Like, I I'm a, love Luke Cage. But, you know. I did not read a lot of seventies black exploitation comic books when I was a kid. You know, by the time, you know, my, my Luke Cage experience is like, you know, and Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Ryan, all that shit. Like, and that's that's all great. And they'll, and then I'm sure it'll lead to that and kind of the farther we go into it. And that's not shitting on it at all. I think there's a really huge opportunity to tell very different kinds of stories here, man. Like I I'm I'm way into it. This is yeah, you know, it's a corner of you know, like like Daredevil. You know, this it's a corner of the world that we haven't really seen. It's great. Speaking of Daredevil, and they're I, not. I, I feel like they're and they're, they're smart enough to not go. You know, it's not going to be super tacky. Like it may be like this is this is going to be like The Wire. Yeah, I think that'd be really really great. The Wire with superpowers. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the uh, dude that plays Luke Cage, man. Every time I see a picture of him, I'm just like, yep, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks perfect. There's no one better. Sweet Christmas, that guy is chocolatey. He looks <laughs> perfect. Speaking of Daredevil, did you guys see John Bernthal's photo that he tweeted out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. the fucking corkboard, pegboard wall of guns. <laughs> so many guns. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh, he's gonna murder so many people on that show. So many fucking guns. They're they're doing it, you guys. They're doing it. They really are. 
They don't fucking around. It, it can't get here fast <laughs> enough. Really and we enough. still got Jessica Jones before that. Oh, God. Which should that's be here within it. a couple months. Yeah, that's coming. Now, I remember they said October originally. They're, they're saying by the end of the year. I am we, super excited to see Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones now with my current rewatch of Don't Trust the Band Apartment 23. <laughs> because that character could not be anything further from what Jessica Jones is. Right? <laughs> I like that show too, man. It was just dumb enough to be fun. Yeah, that show's pretty great. With, with James Vanderbeek as James Vanderbeek. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And James Vanderbeek as James Vanderbeek is one of the best things you'll see in, in, in media. It really is. We got to assume since since they kind of debuted Daredevil at New York Comic Con last year, we have to assume that we'll at least know a release date for Jessica Jones by New York Comic Con this year. So, Oh, surely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, Steven Spielberg. Uh, in an interview with the Associated Press promoting his October debuting film's Bridge of Spies. In grumpy old man news. <laughs> Spielberg. I See, I don't really take it as grumpy old man because you don't have to be a fucking psychic to realize that at some point superhero movies are going to die off. Right. They're going to stop being popular. So uh, Spielberg says in regards to superhero movies... He says, we were around when the Western died, and there will be a time when the superhero movie goes the way of the Western. It doesn't mean there won't be another occasion where the Western comes back and the superhero movie someday returns. I mean, I don't feel like that's really, yeah, fuck superhero movies. They're so fucking stupid. Yeah, that's not really, (laughs) that's not a bold statement. No. No. But it ain't anytime soon. No. I don't feel like there's really that much of an equivalent between superhero movies and westerns. No. Well, not I mean, really. other other than the fact that, you know, westerns were Hollywood's bread and butter for, you know, decades almost, and then it seemed like you couldn't get a western made going from, you know, the 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 entire length of the 80s until you would get one-offs here like tombstone or something like that that would be a success but more often than not westerns were expensive to make and then they also didn't uh get good box office so for a while their westerns were until they started doing them for fucking dirt cheap right yeah and you know the them drop westerns dropping off dropping out of favor it led to a renaissance of westerns where we got shit like Deadwood, and and that that's what would happen with superhero movies too. When that ha- when superhero movies die off in twenty years, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> when we're all fifty, yeah. Except for Kelly, <laughs> I'm okay I'll, with it. I've messed with aging, so I'll be as old as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fall through, through right a time it. hole. You know, just at this point, you know. Our lives are all a stream of Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> now, Joe Casada responds. He says, 
I don't think that's going to happen. As long as people want action-adventure blockbuster movies, comic book movies will be here. If someday the temperament of the world changes and people decide, you know what, all we want are small, indie, low-budget movies, then yeah, maybe we'll have a dry period for the big-budget comic book-style movie. But it just won't be big comic book. But it won't just be big comic book movies that will be suffering. It will be everybody who does these big blockbuster kind of movies. I think the sure. sky's really the limit for us as long as we, as a collective industry, continue to produce great material. See, I don't agree with Casada because you're gonna run out of material for comic book movies eventually. I don't necessarily know that you will. I mean, yeah, just because I mean, comics have been around for yeah. I was just I told Batman, uh, Zoe the other day that. Because she said something about who's Robin or whatever, and I'm you know, like, well, you know, Damian Wayne is a Robin, and that's Bruce Wayne's kid, and she loses her fucking mind. And I said, yeah, and there's also these other kids running around in another book, you know, that are all kind of also sort of Robins and stuff. And she said, that's, that's all kind of crazy. And I said, yeah, well, you know, you got to do weird and crazy stuff, like, you know, Bruce Wayne's not Batman now. And she goes, <gasps> <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's cool, though. He's not been Batman a few times before, and he'll, he'll come back, you know. And I said, they've been telling Batman stories for 75 years. Okay, yeah, like, they could certainly reboot Batman, reboot Superman, reboot Spider-Man, reboot the Avengers and all that. But I think eventually you're going to run out of those special first-time-on-the-big-screen comic book movie moments, which... Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I think are but some, some of the most like, exciting. But it's not unique to just superheroes either. Like every movie that's out now is either a hyper huge budget movie, be it superheroes or otherwise, or it's like micro budget, no risk movies. Right. Yeah. Like there's really right now, there's not a lot of middle ground. No, 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 no. You know, like you don't really see a lot of forty million dollar comedies anymore. Like they just don't happen. That's and just all not those, where we are. All those big budget movies are either comic book movies, sequels, reboots, something along those lines. When it it's it's rare to see some uh, new original idea as a big blockbuster. But even you know, but have like, a success. But you can show like San Andreas or something too. Like you know, there are these big things that aren't necessarily that, but they're still huge fucking movies. And mm-hmm. see that. Uh, leads me to a point that, you know, for a while there, every big blockbuster movie was a disaster movie. Right. You know, yeah. Independence Day and, and all that shit. For years, it was, uh, you know, Armageddon, Deep Impact. It was the disaster movie. And well, Roland Emmerich's fucking heyday. Those fell out of favor at, at one point. If we get two or three summers where the superhero movies are kind of low quality and don't really knock it out of the park blockbuster-wise, then the studios will stop greenlighting them for, for the time being. We'll get to the point where you know we get a new, unique take on the superhero movie, but there we'll get a dry spell for a couple of years. And that's all I really expect as far as the superhero movie dropping out of favor. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily ever see it going the way of the Western. But it can't, I don't think it can continue to be as... There, in, the, in the next th- five years, there are a lot of superhero movies coming out. A lot there of comic are. book movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can maintain that. We're going to no. have to scale back well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, not to sound like an asshole, but... If the Fox movies continue to fail, they'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Marvel's doubling down big time. 
it and looks I think like they'll find ways to get people interested in them by doing different stuff like more stuff like Guardians where it's just a sci-fi movie that happens to be superheroes and yeah. stuff like Ant-Man where it's kind of a superhero heist movie. And you know, and 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 Warner Brothers seems like they're really trying to, you know, double down and, and do their thing and I saw the headline today four or five different times. Warner Brothers wants less Superman, more Batman, and Batman be Superman. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that's, just, that's the answer to everything. It's like, we can, like, we can either put in more Superman and more Batman. What should we do? The answer is always Batman, regardless of what the thing is. Doesn't matter. So, fuck you, shitty headline writers. No. I did not click, you sons of bitches. Uh, yeah, exactly. And every site ran that story today. Every single site. Right. And you notice it wasn't one of my six headlines. No, because <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible story. We, we want more Batmans, less Supermans. In other news, the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel, uh, when they launch their all-new, all-different line, they're going to be launching... The Totally Awesome Hulk. And it is a new Hulk. Bruce Banner is no longer the Hulk. And they've been teasing who the uh, the new identity of the Hulk is going to be. And I think we've talked about it in Comic Talk on here. that we You guys predicted that it was going to be Amadeus Cho. It had to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. It's it Amadeus be, it Cho. It had to be Amadeus Cho. Even though... There's zero context for it. Yep. Well, I mean, it's going to jump ahead eight months, so. Right. Like, the last time we saw the Hulk in a Hulk book, Hulk was super intelligent. He was Bruce Banner. He had de-Hulked all the other Hulks and was fighting a rogue AI he created. It was pretty awesome. That's all over. And now Amadeus shows the Hulk. So, this... Preview artwork that was in Entertainment Weekly of the Totally Awesome Hulk. I didn't realize it was Frank Cho. Uh, maybe that guy should stick to drawing tits and ass because what is going on with the Hulk's teeth? Yeah, I love the way he draws a Hulk. His teeth are messed up. Is te- I said this on Twitter. Is the faux hawk meant to distract from the teeth or are the, te- are the teeth meant to distract <laughs> from the faux hawk? Because that just looks wrong. The whole face area is not good, I feel. Well, they also made him draw like five different versions of it, too, for their bullshit teaser images. So that might not be the best image. But that thing of him fighting that giant monster looks badass. Well, and first, don't forget he had to erase all the boobs he drew on his face. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the one where he's all the fighting the... It looks like he's fighting a giant kaiju. That looks cool. But yeah, then, I love the way I love a Frank Show Hulk. There's the one it. that you know looks like the famous Hulk number one cover, and boy oh boy, totally awesome Hulk's eyes, really narrow, <laughs> really narrow in that image. But I guess it's a fucking Asian guy drawing it, so it's cool. We cool Frank Cho. We cool man. What is even? What is that monster even like? Is it? Does it, it has two heads? Yeah, it looks I like a, know what a Hydra meets Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could be more excited about it. Like it, it looks really cool, and that you know that's great. I, I just wish I'd be more excited. It just they, they they clipped the knees out from under 
the story they were telling for Secret Wars, and that bums me out. And it's got a stupid name. A really stupid name. Totally awesome! That, really it really makes name. me just not I want to read to it. <laughs> <laughs> because again, like, Amadeus Cho was off the board for a really long time. And then, apropos of nothing, out of nowhere, he shows up in Hickman's Avengers books as part of the new Illuminati. Being all super serious and scary and genocide-y, because that's what the Avengers books were. Nowhere to be fucking seen in Secret Wars. And now he's a Hulk. I think I'd be really excited if this was The Miz as the Hulk. Oh, I read that book. I, I would stop reading every the comic I had. If that yeah. was the only... Yeah. If they're like, all comics are over except for this one, I'd be like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. All Ms. Hulk all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'd read that. <laughs> uh, what was uh, the Hulk's sidekick was Rick Jones, right? Yeah. Uh, they should bring back Alex Riley. Ms. Hulk and Alex Riley is Rick <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Poor Alex Riley. <laughs> uh, Alex Riley was announcing NXT there for a while, and then he started wrestling again. He wrestled... Kevin Owens, but then he had to leave to get uh, surgery. But he'll be back. I'm Kevin like Owens guy. got a good feud out of Alex Riley. Yeah! So, I liked Alex Riley. This next story. Amazing Houston Comic Con. There was a panel of the architects, oh, this story, you guys. The architects of pop culture featuring John Romita Jr. and Mark Bagley. Uh, so... A regular, this was uncomfortable just to read. It's a regular panel. Starts in high spirits. Uh, really strange lineup, though. <laughs> they're they're you know cross talking. They're they're kind of you know taking jabs at one another. Uh, Mark Bagley <laughs> stated that he got into comics by winning a competition, and then teased Romita that he got into it because of his father. And then things changed. Bagley had confessed that his daughter. I'm reading this verbatim off of Bleeding Cool, by the way. Bagley confessed that his daughter had made his granddaughter cry to get some photo reference for Ultimate Spider-Man. Ramita called out his grandfather's skills, but Bagley stated he hadn't known anything about it until after. Ramita later had to correct Bagley when he referenced his character Carnage being quote-unquote son of Spawn rather than quote-unquote son of Venom, telling him, having a grandkid really messes you up. Bagley responded, <laughs> having a wife really messes you up. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly clear whose wife Bagley is talking about, but Ramita suddenly pulled back, went silent, and became restrained. When Bagley talked about the dif- about the difficulty of being able to express Carnage's emotions with the costume designs, the following happened. Romita snarks because Carnage needs so many emotionally important moments. The, <laughs> the way he's sad, Bagley. My point is, if you're going to do artwork, you want to have something to focus on. You're a real pain in the ass, you know that? Romita, (laughs) which is exactly why I'm here. You'd be boring if I wasn't a pain in the ass. Bagley, I'm so not. Your wife didn't think I was boring. (laughs) Romita, wow, she would beat the shit out of you. She's much bigger than you. Bagley, I've never met his wife, so. Romita, that was very good. I'm impressed. Bagley, so was your wife. <laughs> Romita, I'm thinking I don't want to start picking on your wife. She's a sweetheart. Bagley, she is a sweetheart and she has guns. That was the end. 
Suddenly, Ramita moved back to talking about the hobgoblin design. Hobgoblin design, but he seems visibly pensive. He's no longer happy to be on stage. Uh, there was one interruption of Bagley uh, when a question was asked of both of them. Bagley starts to answer. Ramita jumps in. You want me to talk first so you can make fun of me? I'm thinking about something about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um fuck later when bagley talks about how he sees ramita's work method ramita interrupts if i say something that's counter to what you say are you going to get mad bagley i'm not going to get mad at all ramita are you going to call me names bagley i haven't called you one <laughs> uh, mark seems amused that this situation is happening ramita is not amused uh, panel continued for another half hour. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, so was your wife. That's what she said. <laughs> now imagine this panel going down with uh, Rob as the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, That'd be amazing. <laughs> Guys, guys, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible! It, like, like, I'm like you. I'm like you. I got like almost physically uncomfortable just reading it. Yeah, it's just icky. I don't like it. And it's weird because John Ramita, by all accounts, is pretty like cool and laid back. Bagley has kind of a you know bag, a little, 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 little dickish. From time to time, like not, not awful, I guess, but I'm not necessarily surprised that you know he would do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, there, there's there's has to be more to this than what we saw. There's gotta be. I mean, yeah. it feels like Bagley is saying that he fucked John Romita Jr.'s wife. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounds. Like. What it feels like. <laughs> They should have so, had you know. it should have been Mark Bagley, John Romita Jr., and then Caitlin Sexy Toaster just making mom jokes at both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Like I, I, I can't imagine like how awkward it must have been. Like, I don't know. I feel like you just hear a pin drop in that room. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Either and, that or you know. The opposite. <laughs> like, yeah, give that, John. <laughs> it just turns into the Jerry Springer. Oh, that'd be amazing. And it's moments like these that, you know, sometimes you got to be a little thankful for Bleeding Cool because nobody else picked that story up. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, man, this is just, I just, you know, Rich Johnson just got hard. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. Think about it. Typing, just typing out the story with his dick. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's uh, giving Rich a little bit too much credit there. Uh, Maybe on his uh, iPhone. Yeah. Not on a full keyboard, though. <laughs> well, it took him a while to do it. <laughs> he got swiped, just dragged it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, Rich swipes. <laughs> uh, and final story. Uh, everyone's favorite... Uh, Sexual Predator Convention Dragon Con was this past weekend. <laughs> and uh, 
obviously uh, a guy was cosplaying as a sexual predator. Uh, he had his FBI hat on for female body inspector. And uh, according to police, the suspect introduced himself as Gary from Marietta to a female victim at Dragon Con on Sunday. The man was wearing an FBI baseball cap, female body inspector. The woman wasn't feeling well and was allegedly led away by, from the event by the man where she was sexually assaulted. The assault did not happen at the convention itself. Police said it occurred between 3 and 5 a.m. near the mall at Peachtree Center. Uh, people were encouraged to call Atlanta Crime Stoppers at 404-577-TIPS with a reward of up to $2,000 being offered. And apparently, uh, this has caught a lot of wind and people recognize this guy. And let's see. Let's see some of the some of the quotes we got. Here. Pretty quick, it looks like. People yeah. are like, oh yeah, I know yeah. this guy. Well, because there's clear pictures of this guy in his FBI hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, dang, I saw this guy at the Hyatt on Sunday night, I think. The FBI acronym was decoded as Friendly Body Inspector or something about feeling Fuck up gross, people. man. Not, to see, not surprised to see he's in trouble now. The whole get-up was in very bad taste, in my opinion. But I'm not a millennial, so what do I know? I <laughs> what does that mean? It's, it's, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that means. <laughs> I feel like I should be insulted. <laughs> you should be. One of my favorite bits for that from that is one of the uh, one of the Reddit people go, oh, that is that motherfucker from Office Depot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I worked with him at Office Depot in Smyrna. I called Crime Stoppers and gave him his info. Info. And then another person, this fucking creep. He would not stop watching me at Office Depot. I actually stopped going there because of him and was going to Office Max and Best Buy down the road for a while when I needed to get ink cartridges for work. And then I used to be his manager and would constantly and he would constantly comment on women that came in. I ran into him at Cowboys once, and it was total cringe. Forcing himself on all women, drunk dancing, and he reeked of cheap cologne. So yeah, not surprised at all. Uh, police have apparently been flooded with tips on this man's identity. Oh, good. Now this guy's a fucking serial dirtbag. And with any luck, we'll, uh, we'll, go, we'll go down the river. I mean, uh, it's Labor Day weekend. You're a serial dirtbag. Where are you gonna go? Really, like, yeah, fucking it's, Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, there's no better place for serial dirtbag to go, quite frankly. I mean, I don't mean to sound callous, but when you know sexual assault at Dragon Con rolled rolled across the Twitter feed, my first reaction was, "Oh, that's that's awful," and my second reaction was, "Of course, yeah, the Dragon Con." Yeah, let's not it forget was- that Dragon Con was built. On the backs of little boys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, that might be unfair to Dragon Con. From what I know about it, it's not. (laughs) If it is, I apologize, but I really don't think it is. Got him. I feel like that's right up your alley. But it's not like this guy is not going to get away with it at all. So. Yes. What Hopefully a dick. He's one of the founders. Uh, I know. Oh, yeah. That, what a fucking asshole. Um, and also, like, and the, the, the article from the local news is yes. really shittily written. Yes. And, like, makes it a point to call out the fact that the victim, the alleged victim, 
was inebriated about 17 yes. times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, in is fact, it that somehow makes it okay? The like, first I mean, sentence of the second paragraph, paragraph makes sure to note that she was under the influence. Yeah, which is completely irrelevant to the story. And very, very much like she deserved it because she got what she was wearing. Or yeah, because it's, it's, of what that, that, yeah, that yeah, it just felt really ooky. Just the wording of it, yeah. and, you know. You gotta hope they didn't mean it that way, but it's just really. They probably meant it that way. Yeah, it is George That's, after all. Yeah. And again, maybe being unfair to Georgia, I really don't think so. Come after me, Georgia. But yeah, really shittily written article about a really shitty situation, but hopefully they find this guy and take care huh. of him. So, um, uh, the alleged victim says she was having a bad reaction to some alcohol and was confused when she met the sub- subject. He began speaking to her and led her over to the entrance of Peachtree Mall. There, she says, they sat down on a bench overlooking the food court and the suspect began to kiss and fondle her. When she returned to Dragon Con, she says she pointed the man out to her friend and she snapped the photo. The friend says... I hate it for her, or Dragon Dragon Con attendee says, I hate it for her, and I hate that I'm not surprised that it happened. There's your headline right there. I hate that I'm not surprised that it happened. Not that you go to Dragon Con and you get what's coming to you. It's that there's fucking creeps there, and none of us should be surprised, and it's a shame. And now, granted. You put that many tens of thousands of people anywhere, they're going to be creeps. Yeah, but right. I feel like the creep density at Dragon Con <laughs> is higher than most yeah. places. Yeah. Probably a little bit higher. And I feel that it's because it's spread out amongst different hotels, it's, it's easier to get away with shit, I feel. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the... The story. I heard some fucking stories. Overheard some shit like an elevator to see to each of people that've been to Dragon Con, and it sounds like a fucking, like fucking. I lost it. Orgy fest. <laughs> sure. I was, I was gonna say Caligula. Yes. It sounds like cosplay. Cosplay Caligula. Yeah. Uh, Juggler John in the chat just posted an image of a pedo bear. In a Subway Eat Fresh t-shirt holding up a giant pair of blue jeans. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, there's a part of me that says move that couple months down the road, couple weeks down the road to Halloween. And it's kind of hilarious there. <laughs> I, I feel like that costume is funnier than just a pedo bear costume. I feel yeah. like they upped their game a little bit. But they already have. You have to assume they already owned the pedo bear costume. Yeah, they didn't buy it new. Yeah. yeah. Now this is a guy that when that story came out said, "Oh, great, something <laughs> to upgrade my pedo bear costume." <laughs> well, I mean, I've got my pedo bear costume. I recently lost a hundred pounds, and I did used to work at Subway. There we go. Dragon cons <laughs> in the books, you guys. I better get my pose ready. fucking guy yeah when i'm just saying if people can't take selfie sticks to conventions let's as a people decide you can't dress up as pedo bear but see pedo bear is not a widely known thing 
I but feel. Isn't it? No, I don't feel it is. I feel like we know what it is, but like a security guard working the front entrance at C2E2 sees it as a teddy bear. Yeah, true. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you where Pedo Bear originates from. The internet? Japan. It, oh, okay. So the I Japanese internet. <laughs> Likes Japan shit. One of us is right. Both of us are probably right. <laughs> and my last point is, re- remember year before last, or, or San Diego before last, last year San Diego, when there was the alleged sexual assault and, and the girl went missing and oh yeah uh, and all I that like, that was that was shocking and surprising and and heartbreaking not to say that this victim doesn't deserve justice and it's not equally heartbreaking but it is not as shocking because it is dragon con yeah yeah and not to say that she had it coming at no. all no yeah no. cuz i'm sure everybody just wants to go and have a good time exactly but you hear enough weird shit about a con, you kind of expect to hear about something like this. Yeah, and that doesn't make it okay. But no. again, we hear enough weird shit about a con, we know that we don't want to go there. That's not for us. Right. But there's probably a certain segment of people that say, oh, this might be exactly my kind of place, exactly. and that's fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. That's fucked up. Let me get my pedo bear costume, let me get my FBI hat, and yeah. let's fucking gas up the Ford Accord. And get out of here. Yeah, that's gross. Like, I mean, <laughs> much more shit like this. They're going to have to just scorch the earth and that whole fucking thing. Like, that's really, really gross. Hey, not all Dragon Con attendees, Lee. Again, density. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know what, 10 times the size of San Diego and not one incident like this. And, well. Built on the back of boys, you're right. Fucking terrible. I think I think it was uh, Ron Morris said something of the in the similar vein because that that guy too hates Dragon Con. <laughs> Let's talk about comic books. Get the fuck out of here. Bring it up a little. Bit. The problem with comic books is the ink comes off on your hands every time you turn the page. You have to wash your hands. All right. Getting real mad at Secret Wars, you guys. <laughs> Just getting real pissed because you know I made the decision pretty early on. Okay, look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not all in for the Secret Wars nonsense. A lot of it's gonna be bullshit. But I made what I thought were gonna be good, sound decisions about which books to read because in my fucking feeble little scroll brain, I said, hey. This shit sounds like it's going to be important down the line because they're going to be rebuilding this thing back to something new. Case in point, future imperfect. Okay? They said way early on that you know, some characters from Secret Wars are going to carry over. For example, Maestro is going to be a thing. And, you know, part of the aforementioned Hulk story was this hyper-intelligent Hulk sort of realizing and trying to come to grips with the fact that the maestro is in him somewhere that he has the capacity to become the maestro. If shit goes horribly wrong. Okay, great. I'll read this story about maestro despite the Greg land art, because it may be a thing that, 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 you know, that, that will have an impact. Nope. Uh, it's over now. It, It wrapped up with 
Maestro going to his plan was to steal the Destroyer armor to kill Doom. This being basically the first time Doom is ever mentioned in the fucking book. You go with the find Rick Jones. He says, yeah, this is the wishing well of all wishing wells and the stories in the middle. We then see a several page fight scene where Maestro kills Doom. Smash cut back to Maestro standing in front of the, the destroyer and going back to Banner. Where Rick Jones says, yeah, it's a wishing well. He wished he'd fought Doom. He'd kill Doom. So that's what he saw. So now he's going to sit here forever thinking he beat Doom. End of story. Fuck you. Thanks for the twenty dollars. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Had nothing to do with anything. Like nothing to do with anything. Like this fucking Star Lord and Kitty Pride. This is at least the six one six Star Lord. Thought maybe he'd be fighting you know, right around with Kitty Pride. No, no, no. This is a different bullshit version of Kitty Pride. They flat out part ways at the end of this story, never to be seen again. So fuck me for trying, I guess. Well, hey, that book was worth reading just for Drax's rad hair. That's true. It was, and that's not to say that there aren't some fun stuff here. Like, and I'm, I'm still really enjoying this Thor's book. Yeah, Thor's is pretty great. But I kind of knew going into it that none of this shit was going to matter. Yeah, you know, it was just going to be a bunch of Thor's doing their thing, and, and that's fine because that's doing, I think, what it's supposed to do. The kids are excited for the VMAs this Sunday. Oops, sorry. Fucking autoplay videos. Yeah, bullshit. God damn it. Kids are excited. Kids are excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, so remember how we were talking about Secret Wars as being extended to an, an, another issue? Ooh, yeah. So I did some digging, and apparently issues 7 and 8 were supposed to be bigger size. And instead they're editing them so they're just normal size issues. And they could turn them into another one. That's another dirty. issue as well. So it's just stretching out the book so Asad Ribic has more time to draw it. I've got to say, that sounds like that's, yeah. Because another thing about the Secret Warriors, too, is that these new Marvel books are launching like in a few weeks. And we're just now at issue five of eight. So, I mean, this thing ran way behind. Yep. And I, you know, it's. Like, for as much as we're talking about how, oh, man, it's ridiculous. Issue 9 is going to come out two months into the relaunch, blah, blah, blah. It's, issue 8 is not going to be out before the relaunch. No. There's and will no it even matter? Like, that, I don't think any of the new Marvel stuff will make mention of what happened in Secret Wars. Because it's going to be, the, there's going to be the time jump. So what? unless someone just, unless in the first issue of Iron Man, Tony's just like, hey, remember that time I blasted Doom's dick off and we never saw him again? Ha, ah, that was great. We're not going to get anything like that. But the last time we saw Iron Man, he was superior Iron Man and was an asshole. Shh. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like, shh. It's just not how you tell stories. <laughs> it's just not. The sons of bitches are breaking it. Oh no! Or maybe the maybe the last time we saw Iron Man, he was shooting Captain America in the face and killing. Yeah, he was shooting him in the face. That might be the last time. He was either superior Iron Man, or he was murdering Steve Rogers. It was definitely one of those two things. Tell you what, he wasn't flying around in a pretty red suit in a superhero book. <laughs> nope. Definitely wasn't doing that. Nope. Blew off Captain America's head. Real glad to see Captain America's head in a lot of these promo images, though. So, mm -hmm. 
Nice to see his head survive the fucking reboot. You know, I'm surprised with the reboot that he's still old. Well, that I guess, you know, of... they couldn't, in good faith, undo the, you know, the, the, you know, all new, all different, all blacker Captain America that quick. Which would suck, I... because I like that story. Like, and again, it was one arc with Sam as Falcon that was really fucking good. Really good. I like Falcon a lot. I like him as Captain America. Let's do this for a while. So I was really glad to see that he didn't get put back to Falcon status. Well, I kind of figured he'd stick around as Captain America, and then they'd go back to the Steve Rogers like super soldier thing. Oh right, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that's they are going to, you know, the quality of the books remains to be seen. But even from this stage in the game, DC handled their relaunch way better. Because that shit all came out when it was supposed to. Yeah, that is true. And you knew what happened. Like, Flashpoint happened. Didn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but you knew what it was. You knew it was a thing. And there you go. So, uh, and you know, they're going to try to tie it all into the previous stuff, which I think is a better way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you want to launch ahead in time, that's great. They're not throwing out any, they're not rewinding the continuity, that's fine. But the last time we saw these characters, they were going into the end of the world. So, ideally, you would at least show us how that resolved before we find them in the future. It's just, it's just shitty timing. And it's, just, it's poor planning editorial stuff. And that's just too damn bad. Because even like Silk, who has fuck all to do with Secret Wars, one, had a really shitty feeling artist, this issue. And two, gets fucking... Cut short because of Secret Wars, because the world ends and shit. I mean, it's it's affecting all these books, except Howard, wherein he gets a new hat, and that's it, apparently. But yeah, I don't know. Have you been reading out. the uh, Silver Surfer Secret Wars issues? Yes. Those and are I, actually pretty good. And I hope, of all the stuff, I hope this stuff matters the most. Yeah. Like, I would be really into it if this is at least partially how it all works. And that would be really, really cool. It still really bums me out that that book isn't coming back after Secret Wars. Oh, it's not? Yeah, I haven't seen it listed. I should have you're right. I haven't even seen that Michael Allred's doing anything at Marvel. And that makes me sad. Yeah, because this book is a lot of fun, man. Yeah, this is probably my favorite Dan Slott comic at this point. Yeah, it's really interesting and really fun and kind of offbeat. And someone told me, because I don't know shit about Doctor Who, but somebody says it's basically Doctor Who and Marvel. Oh, it's absolutely Doctor Who. Like Dan Slotts admitted that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But in the in this newest issue, they've met this you know sort of great creator power or whatever, and so Don and the Surfer are rewriting the universe. You know, and there's a really cool bit where the the fucking guy in the orange or whatever his name is, I don't know his name, but he says, you know, you've got all this power going through, and you can. You create the universe, and the first thing you do is, I mean, create the empty space. You know, and Surfer says something to the effect of, you know, without the darkness, the light doesn't mean anything. You know, that's a very profound Surferish thing to say. Good for you, guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're going around doing their thing. Dawn is creating the Earth, but she doesn't know enough about the Earth to really do it right. So she's like, she's this really real, like, two dimensional version of Earth while Surfer is kind of taking care of the rest of the universe. And the guy says, all right, well, this is great. But now it's time to make Galactus. And so the service says, I guess you're right. It brings Galactus in, and Galactus immediately goes.
goes off about his hunger. That's what the fuck Galactus does. And Serpent says, no, fuck that. In this new world, there is no Galactus. So, boom, Galactus is gone. And then he starts getting a little bit more loosey-goosey. He brings back, like, all the planets that Galactus made him destroy and all this shit and throws everything out of whack. And the big white creator face is like, no, 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 that's ain't right. He starts going all, like, uh, like the big white creator face is, is like what happens if you tell an autistic kid they're out of ketchup. Like, that's basically his reaction. He starts flipping the fuck out. Like, it's, it's pretty intense. And so I, I want to see what happens next issue. I want it to be a thing that that carries a through line. I think that'd be really cool. To be to have something cohesive to tie it together <laughs> would make me very, very happy. Yeah. It's because that's how you tell these stories. Like, you, you don't... I don't know. They're playing loosey-goosey with the rules of comics, and it's those rules that make them comics. That's what makes them better and different than other mediums, and they're fucking with it. I don't like it. Bums me out. But that book is really, really good. Uh, and then I don't have a whole lot of time to read a lot of other stuff because I was driving around a lot this weekend. Oh, but I do want to talk. Last thing I'll talk about uh, before moving on is Daredevil 18 and how Wade and Sam Nee stuck the landing so goddamn perfectly. They really did. Um, again, doesn't tell me shit about why Matt Murdock is going to be in New York in a black suit with a kid with a stick as a DA. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. If this is the last year double story I ever read, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, pitch perfect, front to back. Like everything about their run, I think, has been stellar. We we got a, I commented on our on the bit we talked about the Wade stuff a few months ago before the Netflix series, and he was not having it. He did not. Well, he did not like the Wade run at all. <laughs> yeah, which I can't even wrap my head around to be honest with you. No, like I don't get it. Like you know, and this. And it wouldn't be uh, a Daredevil run if you didn't get a Daredevil Fisk fight. And this one is awesome. Yeah, it is. It looks incredible. This it just beats the shit out of uh, Fisk after Fisk crashes, like crushes the Anaki mask on his face, like you know, cuts his face up with like the shattered, you know, hard plastic bits. It's, it's really, really fight. good. And Matt had this really good monologue at the end about like you know what it means to be fearless and shit, and just you know. I just I loved it so fucking much. It just couldn't be better. And then on this gorgeous two-page spread, it's it's, it's perfect, absolutely perfect. And again, if 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 whatever comes next sucks, whatever, fine. You know, I, I'm, I'm whatever. It's good. You can put a pin on this. And if this if this was the last Daredevil story, you couldn't even be mad about it. It took out so good. And I did not realize it had been four years Mark Way's been writing this shit. I had he's been on this book a long time. Did not even realize. And he said uh, in like the, the afterward that he's got the most unbroken consecutive issues on the title. And I'm like, that seems weird. I thought Bendis went for a long time. And Bendis did go for a long time, but there was that bit in the middle where like it became an echo book for some reason. Yeah, and that really shitty arc. <laughs> yeah, really fucking weird arc. But I think even with that, Wade and Sandy passed him. Wade in particular uh, passed Bendis as a writer. And just, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those hallmark runs on the character, like like a Bendis, like a Miller. I mean, I think it's great. I'm, yeah. I'm, couldn't be happier with it. I loved it so much. I'm sad to see it go, but better to go out, you know, like this than kind of peter off. I thought it was wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. And I am excited for what comes next, because I think Charles Soleil will do a good job on the character. Oh, yeah. If somebody else has to take over, it should be that guy. It should absolutely be that guy. There's a lot of great potential there, for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, you put him in a black suit, and I get nervous. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know, it brings up a sense memory. <laughs> no, a black Daredevil suit is one of my few triggers. <laughs> what else you got, Kelly? Uh, I finally was able to read the end of the Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chang, uh, Wonder Woman run because that trade finally came out. Oh, that's been that long? Jesus. Yep. Yep. Finally came out this week. (laughs) And almost, I would say, what, nine months after that book actually Long time, yeah. Long ass time. Well, DC's trade schedule is weird, though, because they launched all the books at the same time. But you can't have all the trades come out at the same time, so you had to stagger the first wave like a year late in some of them. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was awesome. I honestly can't imagine reading it not in the trade because it just felt like one giant long like OGM, that final trade. It was just the big battle scene at the end of that story, and it was awesome. Yeah, there really weren't any like, you know, issue breaks. You know, it just kind of went. One of these days, I need, I want to go back and reread the whole thing because that was just a fantastic run. I've I've never been a big Wonder Woman fan, but this is like my definitive Wonder Woman story now. Absolutely, no, no, it was excellent. I uh, I had I had it digitally, and I, I kind of want to go back and get the trades on that just because it's worth having. One of those things I think would be really easy to hand to the kids when they get a little older and get into like mythology and shit like that because. You know, again, not being a huge Wonder Woman person, but being a huge mythology fan, this shit's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's really cool what they do with all the mythological stuff. And those designs are fucking rad. Yeah, they are. Like, I I can't remember. It was the trade in, that Orion showed up in. They show the original Jim Lee design for Orion. And holy shit, is it bad. Really? Is that what that is? It looks just... 90s tastic. It's so bad. And then they show the Cliff Chang design. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm so glad they went with this. Because that Jim Lee Orion design is rough. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the trade. It's. I wonder if I can track it down online. Really? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll look it up. Cause I have them all digitally somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or did you get the trade digitally or? No, I got the singles there as they were coming out. Okay, I don't know if that would be in the singles, It was like though. supplemental material, or was like he in the book yeah, one way and then the next way? Here, here we go. I found a picture on... I binged it, and I found a picture. Because, yeah, that's right. I used Bing. Bing? Oh, shit, son. All right, linking in the chat. Boom. It just, it looks... It looks like what you would expect a Jim Lee Orion to look like, and it's not very good. It's like, I like Jim Lee's art. I do not like his design work. Oh, my. That Orion looks like he listens to Collective Soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. It's weird when the design that makes him look like he's wearing pajamas is the better design. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they made the much better choice. Weird. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is the second issue of Dark Corridor came out. 
And I don't think I talked about the first issue on here. You did not. What is Dark Corridor? Dark Corridor is a new book out from Image, and it really reminds me of early Tarantino, especially Pulp Fiction. Okay. It's more of... it's It's a crime comic, and each issue is split into two stories that take place kind of around the same time in the same universe. Or in the same in the same world, okay. and it seems like based on what the writer said in like the back kind of letter he wrote, that every year he's going to change up the comic and do a different kind of story, and so the first year is just going to be the crime story that takes place in I think it's Red Circle City or something like that, and the first issue starts off with, uh, yeah, it's Red Circle. The first issue starts off with a guy just in his in his kitchen, and then a dog shows up. He starts talking to the dog. He's like, "Hey, how you how you doing? You know, are you are you, are you gonna rip my throat out if I open the door?" And he looks. He opens the door and looks at the dog, and he's like, "All oh, the dog's all cut up." And so he's like, "Okay, we got to figure out what happened to you." And then so he starts taking the dog around, kind of talking to people, like asking them if they know what happened to the dog, and it eventually leads him to a murder scene where there's just two dead people and a knife. Holy shit, okay. And it goes from there. It's pretty cool so far. Issue 2 wasn't as good as issue 1. It was more kind of world-building stuff and setting up some characters. But I'm really excited for where this is going to go. I will add that to the list. Yeah, the art's a little little weird. It might take a little getting used to. It's kind of more... It's it's very indie-looking, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's it's kind of like a Dan Close, almost. Okay, so it, if if that's not in your wheelhouse, you might not like it. But I, if you can get past that, I, it's a pretty enjoyable crime book. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, and then I also watched Night One of Chikara's King of Trios because that's all they've released so far, and that is well worth your money. Any teams that we would know? Uh, Bullet Club. Who who were the representatives for Bullet Club? AJ Styles and the Young Bucks. Nice. That was the first team they announced this year, and everyone was like, oh, shit, they're actually pulling out the big guns. They got, um... They also got from Lucha Underground three guys. They got Aerostar, Drago, and Phoenix. And I... I didn't realize, in Lucha Underground, they never let Aerostar use his fire. But Aerostar just comes to the ring with, like, an aerosol can and just sprays it in the air and lights it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) You're rad. We've all been there. (laughs) Yep. In high oh, school, the BWO showed up too. Oh, nice! In high school, I used to awesome. take uh, old bottles of spray cologne and spray them at uh, candles in my bedroom. <laughs> it would smell. My brother really nice. would take like aerosol air freshener and put that shit in his mouth. Oh, and straight God. up missed that shit. It was really cool. He stopped doing it when he almost hit his eyebrows on fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll that'll uh, set you straight. <laughs> Real quick. It's awesome. There's a great bit in the uh, team, in the match, the Team AAA, the, you know, Drago Phoenix and Aerostar. They took on the Gentleman's Club, which is Chuck Taylor, Drew, uh, Drew Gulak, and the Swamp Monster. The Swamp Monster? <laughs> yes, the Swamp Monster. <laughs> and the, the Swamp Monster, mind you, also, you could, if you find him on Twitter, he has a huge crush on Darren Young of WWE. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So the Swamp Monster has his like bursts of his his bursts of offense, and it's not bad. 
I actually ranked him pretty highly on my list for a swamp monster. But at one point in the match, or, uh, another member of the Gentleman's Club, Orange Cassidy, comes to the ring. And he's always, like, his gimmick is that he's pretty much a party dude and he's barely awake at all times. And he's probably on some sort of substance always. And so he comes to the ring and mists Drago with something. Drago turns around, mists him back with, like, you know, the green poison mist. I love Orange the Cassidy poison just, mist. Yes. Orange Cassidy just takes it, jumps down from the ring apron, and walks to the back. nope it's like nope getting out of here now going to the showers that is all I have right now for you (laughs) none more of this nonsense yep but yeah King of Trios Night 1 is the only one they've released so far it's right now as far as I know you can only get the rough cut so it's not like HD yet but if you just want to watch it order it and then you'll get the full final HD version when it's ready and you can watch it now it's well worth your twelve dollars. Right Anything nice you're talking about? Yes. Uh, on Sunday, the power went out at the house because apparently someone hit a power line pole and they were repairing it. So the power is going to be out for about an hour. So I took out the trash. I did some cleaning around the house, and then I'm like. Well, fuck, now what am I going to do? So I said, you know what? I'm going to go through my stack of graphic novels and, and trades and see if there's anything I can read or haven't read or should read again. And I made a nice little stack and put it in the bathroom. And then I grabbed uh, Captain America Civil War and sat on the couch and read a little bit of that to 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 prime myself for the movie. So that's the worst thing you can do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Civil War is good times, man. That's it's been coming up on some podcasts I've listened to because the movie is coming up. But I just people people shit on that story. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't get it. I think people. It was maybe not so much now, but there was a time when it was just really hip to hate on Mark Miller. Oh yeah, but I fucking liked Civil War, man. Yeah. Like yeah, out of his out of his Marvel stuff, that's probably my favorite thing he's done. Yeah, and I like the actually way that, no Wolverine. His Wolverine run is better. Oh yeah, that remitted. Yeah, the remitted story. Yeah, great. that 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 run is great. Yeah, a, I, I like the story and like what it did afterwards. That was cool. As a temporary thing that you knew was going to go away, like, it was all right. I liked it. There's a scene in the Captain America Civil War where it's it starts out with Agent Thirteen Sharon Carter, you know, talking to her psychiatrist, and you know, talking about how she loves Captain America, but. You know, she's she's for the Registration Act and she needs to the psychiatrist is basically suggesting and Maria Hill are suggesting that she needs to help S.H.I.E.L.D. bring him in. And they meet at a uh, like a safe house. And the next thing you see is Steve putting his Captain America shirt back on because they obviously just boned. And I'm kind of like, wow, that is graphic for Captain America. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just imagining that scene in a Marvel Studios movie with Chris Evans kind of putting his clothes back on after he just cap fucked somebody. Do you think- like the two things I know in this world: girls don't fart and Captain America don't fuck. <laughs> now, are we to assume that Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a virgin? I'm inclined to say yes. 
because yeah, you know, he was a little scrawny dude. He probably didn't get any pussy no, back no, no. when he was a little scrawny dude, and then he became Captain America. And you know, he was busy being Captain America, so I, I don't think. Well, maybe, maybe he he might have got something. Maybe yeah, but I say what you don't know is that between Captain America and Avengers, he was just crushing puss. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then you know he he is he was in love with Peggy, so I don't know if he would have banged any of the Captain America dancers during World War II. So he was kind of sweet on her, and then he got unfrozen for Avengers. And not in World War II, not because then that one girl was petty, throwing herself at him. He wanted a part of it. It would have to be. Peggy. It would have had sure. to be between Avengers and Winter Soldier, and you know, at the beginning of that movie, it's the whole scene with Black Widow asking him or telling him that he needs to date more. So maybe true. he hasn't. Maybe he hasn't. But then again. Yeah. After Winter Soldier, <laughs> between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron, maybe? <laughs> maybe. All I'm saying is, I want to see Chris Evans as Captain America have sex. Okay? Yeah. Is that He's too earned much it. to ask? I've earned it, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you just want him to color you in those big, log splitting arms. <laughs> I just want to watch. <laughs> I, ha- you know, it's not weird to want to watch attractive people have sex. I mean, that's oh. that's a and basic industry is built around that. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a basic human desire. Like, it it's not gay that I want to see you know Chris Evans naked and and just drilling some chick. Yeah, I I just appreciate the human form. Mm-hmm. And his form when he's all capped out is one of those things that you're like, oh my god. You mean a person can look like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that's like a, a top tier athlete. Just that that's the he Captain America. Chris Evans as Captain America is probably the Ronda Rousey of sex, but he lasts more than fifteen seconds. <laughs> the Ronda <laughs> Rousey. Of sex. <laughs> that's awesome. Holy shit! Uh, I think we need to call call it yeah. at Ronda Rousey of sex. I think that's the show. <laughs> Fantastic. He probably also constantly asks, is it okay? Is it okay? Are you doing it? (laughs) Yeah, because also, yeah, that's right. He's freakishly strong, too. I think about that. And that first time he had to blow his wad before he even got inside of her. Like, before he probably even pulled his pants down. He's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. This has never happened to me before. (laughs) Because it literally has never happened to me before. <laughs> poor, poor Captain America. You know what? No, fuck it. No, he'll be fine. Poor You're doing all right, Captain America. <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right. So yeah, what do you think, folks? Is Captain America a version? Email us, topcast at panelthepage dot com, or uh, leave us a voicemail at six one six nine five one one pop, and we will talk all about it. <laughs> gross detail i'm sure <laughs> uh yeah um so oh shit speaking of captain american chris evans i pulled this song completely by coincidence today just for the fuck of it and he was in this movie before he got all capped up yep so how about that shit you like that that's some that's some unintended synergy man his, his first big movie yeah so, yeah what movie are we talking about oh god it could be anything who knows you'll find out in a minute though yeah <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is only going to be short. It's going to be fine. 
It'll be okay. So, yeah. Um, if that's it, then uh, for Kelly Harris and Jason Nyes, I am uh, the Lord Reverend Rodriguez, and we'll talk to you guys next week at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central at chat.penalzonpages.com. Uh, yeah. Good night. We love you. Goodbye.